0: You have made the serious mistake of tuning into Talkin' Tuscaloosa with Jimmy and Luke. On an almost weekly basis, Jimmy and Luke discuss the latest sports happening at the University of Alabama, and if you are especially unlucky, they might review a movie or tell you something that happened in their pathetic lives. Now without further ado, to misinform you about Alabama football, here are the idiots Jimmy and Luke.
1: everybody and welcome into talking Tuscaloosa. Luke Robinson the wrong with Jimmy Stein as always. Jimmy, how are you today? Terrible hair day. Terrible I, hair day. I want to tell you something. Here's the thing, all right. Um what, what the you heck? and I, you and I are pretty blessed. I mean you have a cool, nice, Taylor Hicks-ish <laughs> head of hair. And hey um, I'm the
0: soul, I'm the soul patrol. What can I say?
1: Did you see my daughter? Uh, Taylor came over to our house the other day. My wife and Taylor grew it, up. Uh,
0: yeah, I know. Yeah, I was about to. I was about to launch into your friendship with uh, one of America's great crooners.
1: He is one of America's great crooners, and he, he's a super guy. And he, um, he came over to our house the other night, and my daughter, Selah, uh you know, was at first a little cold, like you know, two year olds are, but then she warmed up to him real quick, and. And I said, "Celia, you know, Taylor, Taylor likes to play guitar and sing. And she said, I haven't a guitar. So she runs and gets a little guitar in her room and had a little tiny piano. And Taylor sits down with her and he starts going. The wheels on the bus go round and round and, you know, all day long. And she goes, no, no, that's not it. It's, it's all through the town. That's not it. And then, so she made him do it again. And he said, all through the town. She goes, that's a lot better. That's better. <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, Taylor, this singing thing might work out for you. <laughs> Just a little coaching from this two-year-old, but I think you'll have it.
0: <laughs> that is hilarious.
1: Um, that's good. Well, speaking of crooning, hmm? or maybe I should say wailing, because a lot of Alabama fans were wailing and whining and upset that oh. Brendan Watford, very predictably, yeah. went to LSU, as we told you first here on Talking Tuscaloosa. As we told you first, many, many months ago. <clears throat> We said he was not going to Alabama, and I've said this, too, that um, in the, I don't know, what, 12 years I've called games, I think he's the best player I've seen. That doesn't mean he will be the best player. doesn't mean he'll be the best NBA player. Of the twelve years I've been calling high school basketball for the state of Alabama, I think he—I would put him at number one in terms of really? good players. Yes,
0: I would. I, I'm stunned that you say. I mean, I'm not—I'm not totally stunned, I guess, but I'm surprised that that you would rank. And and I, I trust your opinion implicitly. I would assume that you would go with Ronald Steele. Uh, well, I didn't
1: get to call, Ronald Steele. Let me. Ah, so, so there has
0: been guys here and there that
1: you've missed. Well, let me you know I called the infamous Eric Bledsoe DeMarcus Cousins game where DeMarcus what? Cousins scored the first bucket of the game and he did not score again and in fact he fouled out and when he fouled out he just sat on the court um he just Marvin. he fouled and he just sat on the court and they gave him a technical and he was like I'm not moving and everybody kind of looked around like, okay, he's about seven feet tall, 285. He's probably not moving. Um, so we need to call a wrecker or something to get him out of here. And a, a very away. tough wrecker, a very mean, tough wrecker. And uh, But anyway, he eventually left. But that – you know, and, and DeMarcus – Boogie Cousins has been has been really good in the pros, obviously. Um, and, I, and I don't know that Trenton Watford's game will translate to that in the NBA. And Eric Bledsoe was incredible. Eric Bledsoe, I might put number two.
0: No, Trevor Lacey was a really good high Lacey school. was good, Petty. basketball player. P. Yep, T. Yep. Harrell, I'm about to yeah. call one of
1: his games. He was good. Um
0: a couple of those Auburn guys had great careers, Doc Robinson.
1: No, you know, it was really good in the game.
0: That might have been before. Yeah. That might have been before you were calling the games. What about and Brian Williams is probably before you were calling oh, the games? Oh, so wait. Hey man, yeah. I
1: saw Brian Williams. I think I just graduated from Alabama when Brian Williams <laughs> So,
0: yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just I'm just thinking of who have been the great high school basketball. Oh, Marvin Stone, that was I know way 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 way. way
1: Richard
0: Oh man, of course, yeah, and Jerry Wallace. But you know that that oh, was but anyway about Watford going to LSU. I I mean I I I wasn't upset at all just because I've never for one. There, I'll, I'll tell you what. There's been one instance that I thought Watford could come to Alabama, and that's when Alabama changed coaches. Nate Oates comes in during the period of time Will Wade was suspended, I allowed myself a brief thought that Watford is not going to go to LSU with, with Will Wade out of a job. And we might, he might fall into our laps. Once Duke decided they didn't have room for him, I thought, okay, now he could fall into our laps here because he he doesn't want to go uh, uh, to LSU without Will Wade. But Uh, I never allowed myself really for one minute to, to expect him at Alabama. So, uh, Hey, uh, it's no one's fault, but, uh, you know, Alabama, it's just Alabama basketball is no one to blame at Alabama basketball. That's not Nate Oates fault in the least. Uh, but, but we've not been good for, for many, many, many years. And, uh, I I don't, I don't blame anyone who, who looks at Alabama basketball and says, you know what, uh, you can't promise me that they're going to be great, yeah. or that the team's going to be. I mean, there's no promises to make. It's all it's all a leap of faith. And uh, and and I'll give Will Wade th- this. I mean, he he had LSU playing extremely well. They were a top team all year long. They won the SEC uh, in in a year where the league was tough. And and all the cheating allegations and all that aside, a uh, good coach, really good program. Now, you can't put all the cheating stuff aside because who the hell knows if Will Wade's going to be the coach at LSU even this season. And with that, it makes Trendon's decision really, really odd. But this is what I think happened, Luke, and you might know more about this, so tell me if this is wrong. But I don't believe Trendon Watford signed a letter of intent yesterday. I think he just basically announced he's going to LSU. It could be that they're doing the very smart thing of committing to LSU, not signing a letter of intent. And just merely planning to enroll in the fall, because in the event the new AD at LSU fires Will Wade, then Watford and his family can say, "Well, we didn't sign shit. We, we 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 go play wherever we want." So I think that might be the case, and that this may not be over if Will Wade is fired before the first day of classes in the fall semester.
1: I think you're correct. I will say this though: I watched uh, the the ceremony pretty intently and he signed something now i don't know what it was yeah. maybe it was a i think it was the financial
0: story. aid. i think it was the financial aid package okay could be. could be i think i don't i don't i don't know and again I'm, I'm i'm speculating i believe that was a financial aid package and if that's all he signed he's still free uh that uh, that that binds the school it doesn't bind the kid and uh so he's free to 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 play anywhere else's fault he is not signed a letter of intent so that could be the case except for this our you know and it seems like a larger percentage than i'm sure it is and frankly i tried to stay away from twitter right after it happened but for all those like me who's and you luke who say well you know if will wade gets fired he didn't sign a letter of intent it almost makes sense he would just enroll at alabama this fall i would agree except for the effing idiots at Alabama yesterday, who insulted Trendon and his family, calling them names, calling them cheaters, and everything else in the book, to the point that, as far as I know, the Watfords very likely woke up woke up today for the first time in their lives hating Alabama. Uh, and hopefully, they won't hold the fans that did that, you know, accountable, you know, in terms of uh, speaking for the school, which I'm sure they do, they, they, which they certainly do not. But the Watfords were predictably. Verbally assaulted by oh, yeah. a percentage of the fan base yesterday. Right
1: now, listen. Hopefully,
0: hopefully, that won't affect things. Hopefully, it won't affect things.
1: Do put the asterisks in there that it's the they were verbally assaulted by a percentage of the fan base. But when you say a percentage of the fan base, I think people's minds immediately go to fifty percent. No, um, no, no, and no, I would no. say it's a very vocal one um, yeah. percent. In fact, there were a couple of folks, and I don't even, you know, I don't follow them. They just ended up on my feed. Um, one guy was saying, well, you traitorous mf'er! I hope you choke on the money right. you got. And, I, and my first thought was, you know, when Landon Collins signs with us, is it just, yep. you know, by God, that's a guy who has the balls to go out of his state. Mm-hmm. And when Trenton right. goes to LSU, it's... Yep. He was bought and paid for. I, I just
0: hate uh, that argument. I do too. I, I do too. It's and it's so it's so child. It's childish. Is what fairly. it is. And, and, and the fact fairly. of the matter is, well, you you know who I know <clears throat> hates those tweets. I, I can promise you is Nate Oates. Oh, why yeah. would any Why would any fan do something publicly that Nate Oates would go? Please don't do that. Please don't do that. You're not helping. You're not helping at all. And. It, that's what bothers me the most. What fan looks at Nate Oates and says, "I don't care what your opinion is. I, I'm mad. I'm doing that." I mean, come on, man. We're not on this. Let the kid. I, I, I'm not rooting for him at LSU. Just like I don't root for LSU basketball. But to to wish ill will on kid. He's 18. You know, and that's eh, just whatever.
1: He is. If he does go to, if he does end up at LSU, and he and they come to Tuscaloosa next year. Um, he is going to be booed unmercifully, oh, yeah. which sure. I'm, I'm not going to like. Um, I, I understand <laughs> just the same way Landon Collins and X oh. amount of other Louisiana problems saving his sign, get booed unmercifully. And that's yeah. part of the and I'm sure he knows about that. It's not like when Trennan are going to school, yeah. be like, oh, my God, they're booing me. I don't understand.
0: No, he's yeah, the boos at games The booze at games are, are – I'm not saying I'm for it, but the boos at games are sort of understandable. They got to know that going in. I'm talking about the personal attacks oh, yeah. you know, on Twitter and the message boards. Uh, to me, it's just sad and pathetic, well, and you no know, matter who's funny, doing
1: it. The, the funny thing is, if anything, I took something away from it I took this away from it when he was interviewed with uh, Channel 13 afterwards. Um, he said, Look, I, I love Alabama. I, you know, that's and I've seen his his Twitter feed. He every time Alabama wins a football game or a basketball game, he's like, We kick their ass, or you know, we'll get them next time if we lose. And um, I think he is one hundred percent an Alabama fan. I think that what he did and and in this instance is smart. If he if this is what he believes, he went with the guy that he thinks Will develop him best for the next level, and that who um, maybe he had the best relationship that that relationship with. I mean, I, I think if he had the ability, if he had had the uh, the ability to go to Duke, I think that they would have he would have gone to Duke and right. um, or Kentucky, I guess for that matter. But uh, you know, LSU is a dang good program. They won the SEC last year. Uh, yeah, they, it sounds like they've been doing some pretty shaky me- stuff, but you know that's college basketball. Here's more
0: shady stuff, and this is kind of – I wouldn't say just occurring to me. I thought of this before, but, heck, you know this basketball stuff better than I do, but think about this. And and I I asked this question with one eyebrow raised, though I'm having a bad hair day, so I don't really want to raise an eyebrow. Hmm. Uh, So, Trenton Watford is a five-star, right? He's a five-star. So, that means he's a national top 30 player? Yes. I mean, he's national top 30, right? And he's 6'8", and as we know from from football recruiting – Big guys are the recruiting gold because frankly there are fewer talented six eight guys and there's a shitload of talented six one guys, but there's very there's far fewer six eight, six nine, six ten guys who are gifted. So he's a big deal and he's top thirty, right? Right. How come his finalists were Memphis and LSU and Alabama and a struggling Indiana? And where the hell was Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky, Arizona, Gonzaga, uh, Villanova. Uh, I mean, where were the top 15 programs in the country? Why weren't they on his finalist list? Why were they not involved? Michigan State, where the hell was Michigan State? They signed Josh Lankford just three years ago. Uh, where? And, and I'm, I'm, I'm asking out loud because I don't – were all those programs staying away from him?
1: Well, Why? I, I think Why? when you're recruiting in basketball, I think you do. You can't just send out a million letters like you do in football, number one. You can't send out a million offers. Um, and you, you sort of get a feel pretty early about where somebody wants to go. There's no doubt he had a well-publicized relationship with some folks on the Memphis staff. He had a, right. an obviously good relationship with folks on the LSU staff. Um, and I think Duke definitely was in play uh, and until it was just pretty obvious that Duke was wanting, you know, he was Duke's backup and, and Duke got who they wanted, apparently. Um, now, Al- he is an Alabama fan. Yep. And um, then also, who, who was, oh, Indiana. Porter went to Indiana. So I think there a connection there. And I think that was more of a courtesy. Um, it doesn't sound like Indiana was ever really in play. I mean, I never saw any crystal ball picks for him to Indiana, I think that was just yeah. courtesy. So I understand where you're going with this, but I do think. That- yeah, I am just asking. There's a big
0: programs staying away from him because there's some concern about some sort of stink. Certainly can't be concerned about his his his, his athletic ability. True. I just um, wondered maybe they're staying away be because. Correct.
1: I I don't think so, but I, I think yeah. and and I think staying away is a very relative term in this position in this case. So uh, I'm going to say that it was more about. Some previous relationships he had with other staffs, and maybe he was pretty honest with you know Michigan State and said, "Look, I'm just not going there. I mean, if I'm going far away from home, and ain't the Michigan, it ain't the East Lansing." What I'm saying
0: is, let's say for instance that it's a five star football player from a basketball hotbed. Let's say in Charlotte, North Carolina, there is a national top thirty football player who's a big guy. Let's say he's a defensive tackle, mm-hmm. and he's six, six foot five, two ninety, and he is a five star national top thirty player. And he's very highly re- regarded and recruited, and everybody knows him. And, and everybody thinks, well, he's from Charlotte. So that's going to be North Carolina or Duke, right? And then it comes down to the big day, and he is deciding to play football at Boston College, Syracuse, Northwestern, and uh, Washington State. You'd be yeah, like, yeah, you'd be like, wait a minute. Is he really? I mean, I, I would know from this distance. There would be two things that would come to mind. Number one, he's not a five star. He's only the five star of the recruiting industry. He's not a five star to the guys right. that coach college football, or his offer list would look different. Or I would go. There's a reason that everyone's staying away from him in droves. Is is this guy on the the terrorist watch list? I mean, why is where is all of the p- football power programs? He's deciding between a bunch of fairly mediocre football program. So so I'm, I'm just saying that just kind of – it is sort of – and I didn't really think it through, but it's just sort of an odd finalist list for a five-star top 30 player. So that, that is kind of weird because you would think, if I hear national top 30 five-star six, eight, I go Duke, Arizona, Kansas, Michigan State, North Carolina, you know.
1: No, I, I hear you. Now, I would also say this, okay, if you want to go that route with that – then James Wiseman, who's the consensus yeah. number one player in the country, going to Memphis. Memphis. Uh, yeah. Precious Enchuwana Hamahaken is going to Memphis, uh, and dudes like <laughs> are going to Memphis. Um, right? Th- th- you know they're having just a stellar class because of the Penny Hardaway effect. I get. I mean, call it the Penny Hardaway effect for people who like to see the good side of life. When you want to see the underbelly of college basketball, you say, well, there's some other stuff going on there, too. That's fine. I don't, I'm not saying either one of those things is correct. They may be a combination of the two.
0: I saw but- James Wiseman at the football team hotel coming out of the the capstone when he was in the 11th grade. Avery got him to campus. I don't think it was an official. I think it was unofficial. No, but I saw James Wiseman when he was on campus. I wouldn't have really known who it was, but he, he had a name tag on. And I was so close enough to him, I see it. And I'm like, in the 11th grade, mm-hmm. that cat looked like – I would have, if I just saw him out, I would go, look at that guy. He must play in the NBA. I mean, he he looked like an NBA guy. I mean, his his name is probably
1: a whiteboard. (laughs) <laughs> it was. avery got a big giant white poster like you get from the drugstore when you're making out your solar system uh, uh project for fourth grade and and just put james wiseman on it
0: <laughs> it was a milwaukee bucks jacket with his name on the back is what his name tag was i mean i mean he he, he was <laughs> and of course i never really thought we could sign him but at the time i didn't i didn't even really realize how highly rated he was but i'm just saying uh he was very impressive on the hoof, as they say. Um, All right, hey, and speaking of, let's talk about recruits we did get. No, that's I'm with you. That's let's go positive. Thieu Jones Bell, or is it Bell Jones? It's Jones Bell.
1: It's Jones Bell. Are you sure it's Theu? I mean, I can't believe you screwed up the Bill Jones. Uh, uh,
0: I got, I got. Wait, I got a, a text here from somebody that would know. So I'm going to pronounce it very slowly because I asked um somebody. Thieu. Thieu. That's what I'm told by someone in the recruiting industry. Thayu Jones-Bell, and I love this guy. He could not be coming at a better time because I think we both fully anticipate that uh, Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs both are very likely to to go pro early. We will need an impact wide receiver in this class. I think Jones-Bell is a guy that belongs uh, talent-wise, in that group with Judy and Ruggs and Devonte and Waddle, I think he's just a first-rate A plus. Will get off the bus, a good player. Uh, so I, I couldn't be more excited. I, you know, on the on the downside, if you want to call, it, I'm a little less high on the rest of the receivers committed to us. I, I like Javon Baker. I like Trayshawn Holden. Even Zalen, Zalen uh Worsham. Uh, good good players, SEC guys. But I wouldn't say that any of them are impact freshmen, big time elite talents, but, uh, uh, but, but, but Thayu, uh, Bell Jones, Jones Bell. Yeah. He he is. He he is. I I think he's a super elite. He, he's my favorite player that we have committed. Not the best. The best is in my opinion, Drew Sanders. Uh, but, uh, Thayu is my favorite kid and I I love him and Roy Dell Williams. Uh, I'm a big fan of, so, Hopefully we'll add we're, we're at 17. We need to add a quarterback. I hope it's Bryce young. We need to add another running back. I hope that's Kendall Milton. We need to add two more offensive linemen. At least I don't, I don't even want to speculate on who that might be. I, I think we're wide open at offensive line. I think that's going to hundred percent come down to the OLDL camp that we have in June. And, uh, On defense, dude, uh, Reggie Grimes, did you see Reggie Grimes, the second uh, measurables this weekend, you know, the Nash, the opening in Nashville, Reggie Grimes, Reggie Grimes, the second was put up NFL numbers as a pass rusher this weekend. Very excited about him. I think we, we lead on him. I'm expecting to get him. And, uh, You know, We we need Christian Story from your neck of the woods at Lynette right up the road from you, and uh, I'm a big Christian Story fan. If we can add him at DB, uh, as far as I'm concerned, we're done there. Uh, But add Grimes, add Christian Story, uh, add maybe one or two defensive linemen. It's not a great year for defensive linemen. I like Eric Taylor up at Hewitt Trustville. He's not rated extremely high, but I like Eric Taylor. I think he's good.
1: I, I agree. I'm with you. I like him a lot. I'd be totally fine if we signed him. Yep, and I'm uh, with I'm you. Not- you know, you and I are on the same wavelength. That you know, if we signed a class of twenty-five defensive linemen, I'd let the rough end drag. You know, to figure out <laughs> and walk on for everything else. <laughs>
0: it is the most important position uh, in, in recruiting is a quarterback and defensive line. But uh, we we got a couple of DLs already in this class. Jason Jones, the monstrous guy from Calera, who's just a monster. He's so huge. And Jamarian Latham from uh, the one A player from Pickens County. One interesting thing to me, Luke, because I'm sure Latham's going to come to camp this summer, and he is committed to us. And I'm not expecting. I'm not saying, oh, we're going to cut him loose. But Latham has quite the uh, quite the summer camp ahead of him. He plays one A football. So in other words, he he lines up against you know non football players. I mean, he's not, he's not playing against anybody all year long. He is probably not going to go up against anyone in 10 regular season games. He won't go up against anyone. That's actually going to play college football above the junior college level. Uh, and, and, and the whole, so now he'll come to Alabama's camp this summer and all of a sudden he's going to be going up against the best offensive lineman, you know, in the South. And I'm assuming like Brady Ward from St. Paul's who, who I think is pretty good and and might get an Alabama offer this summer camp, but Brady Ward is six foot seven and 310 pounds and Latham's going to look at him and go, what the hell is this? I mean, he, he's going up against offensive linemen who literally—I'm not making it up. People don't know that go that don't go to these one A games. There are offensive linemen in one A football that weigh 180 pounds. Oh yeah, 180, and that—that's who this guy's going up against all the time. And that doesn't prepare you for college football. It doesn't even—it's not even the same sport. No, but-
1: I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think he's uh he's certainly going to have a rude awakening. But I think that's this is. Uh, first of all, he committed very early, and I don't sure think Saban would have taken that commitment if he didn't already know, okay, this guy can, can line up. Or if he didn't already know, hey, we're gonna take his commitment and get on him early. But if he comes to camp and, and can't perform, then we will politely find a way to let him see the exit. I mean, I guess that's how this is going to work. Um and- if I
0: remember right, Kuligowski is who not only Kuligowski is his position coach and his territorial coach when latham committed i think that was all coach cool and coach cool's no longer on the staff so i'm not sure what that i'm not sure what that means for latham but it might not mean something good i mean you know but we'll see he'll, he'll, he'll he'll be at camp this summer and and he'll have an opportunity which is all anyone should ever ask for and hey hey you know and these kids that like come to camp and they're like boy i better perform or i might lose my scholarship welcome to the big time because even yeah. after you sign your scholarship, you know what? You you gotta earn it every day at that level. So you might as well get used you might as well get used to earning it on that practice field, because it's gonna happen every day after you're there. So uh you know, and we'll see if we'll see if he sticks with Alabama. He's certainly a good player. I've watched the tape. He is an athletic kid. One thing I like about Latham is even though he is so significantly overmatching the competition on the field, he plays hard and uh and that's one thing to look at in these linemen one a, a lot of times they, they never learn to play hard cuz they don't have to play hard to be successful but he does he gets after it
1: but i'm with you that if he is if he is this this good and good enough to warrant an offer an, an early offer and an early commitment verbal public commitment then um he needs to really be kicking ass in one a football in alabama and i and i just you know maybe he is uh, but I, I expect a huge senior year out of him, if he's going to stay committed to Alabama, uh, and if Alabama's going to stay committed to him, that's my expectation.
0: Yep, and uh, so much will be determining camp. The camp season is now June. There's no longer camps in July. It's all June. Per NCAA rule, so uh, June will be a very hectic – I mean, it's, it's, there, there's a few events during the year, Luke, that really shape our recruiting board, and one of them we're just now done with, and that was the evaluation period. All the coaches are off the road now. Evaluation period's over, but but we kind of start with the board before the evaluation period. It looks completely different now that the evaluation period is over, and, and so now the board looks one way, and now we're about to enter into camp season in June when they come to camp at Alabama, and no event – shapes the board or reshapes the board camp season you might as well just jumble all the pieces on the floor and just pick them back up in a random order because because nothing changes the board like the camp season and then you know senior season doesn't affect things as much as people might think it is partly it's because the hay's already in the barn but secondly uh like most staffs, believe it or not, this might be Greek to somebody. I don't think we work on recruiting a ton during the season. There's just two simply other huge priorities, you know, like getting the team ready to win games and recruiting. It's not put on the back burner. It's never put on the back burner, but you go from like four recruiting meetings a week to one because you, you can't get the st- the full staff doing recruiting meetings every other day once the season starts. So senior season moves the board somewhat, but then right when senior season's over, these all-star games, these national all-star games, which are the greatest evaluation tools. They're the best evaluation tools because you're removing these variables, dude, like we're just talking about with Latham, this, how do we know if he's good or not? Look who he's playing against. Well, at the U.S. Army all-star game, you remove that variable. I mean, because now they're playing against nothing but their true peers, and you can really tell, you know, who's got it. I'll, I'll bet you, Luke, got if if you were to go back and, and watch the practices for US Army and the Under Armour game and pick the top 10 kids that week you're not talking about a lot of busts you know what I'm saying most of those kids went on to have good college careers they proved it mm-hmm. that week now there will be busts there always will be but but if you stand out at the US Army practices you you're a dude you're going to be a good college player there's no doubt about it
1: um while you're sitting here talking, a couple of things I've been thinking about is um man, if I'm gonna have the video on me, I've got to make my bed. I, mean, <laughs> I just well, I'm not gonna be able to deal with the horseshit comments that people are gonna be like, oh, sucks. <laughs> I mean I mean sorry, I, you know, it's just
0: I'm the most unobservant. I'm, you I'm could at, have been I'm sitting at, there dressed like Big Bird, I probably wouldn't
1: notice. I'm at uh I'm at uh in, at my house in LA City and um you know, I usually stay here a couple nights during the week because I work here and then the other nights in Birmingham uh, with the wife and daughter. And, um, you know, when I'm here, I, I'm like, hey, nobody's coming in here but me. I mean, what I care. I mean, i <laughs> lucky I got pants on. I mean, How do we know? We don't know. You don't know. You do. I mean, Frankly,
0: I, don't, don't show us. Don't show us. Let us
1: assume. I could Let have said you're just lucky. I don't left the pants on part off because I could be lying.
0: Some things oh, are just yeah. better left assumed.
1: Uh, are I'm, you a Game of Thrones fan?
0: You know what I'm about to say.
1: Uh, no. I, I,
0: I've never seen it.
1: I know. You're going to have to really <laughs> talking about this, but you got you're going to have to, because we talked about your you getting the box set. Yeah, the Steve box good. set. Nobody has box sets box. of anything. Um, I bought the box set of The Office for Christmas okay i have good. the
0: box set of the office i probably the only one they the only it's the most watched show on netflix i read and the most watched show on comedy central so i'm like the only person in the world that owns the box
1: set oh it's <laughs> and i'll say it is it is freaking fantastic and comedy central has been running and I, usually i'll find a channel to leave it on just like in my background so it feels like i'm not alone and um and <laughs> And I like to leave it there. I don't like to actually watch it. But when the office is on, like I find myself watching it more and more. Oh, um, the one where he was prison Mike, and like they had a they hired you know a guy who had a felony charge, and um, they you know it wasn't anything. It was like a blue collar crime or something. But and then everybody started saying, well, how what was prison like? He was like, well, actually, we got three meals a day and we had, you know, my cell was a little bigger than Michael's office. And, and, uh, you know, and so Michael was getting his feelings hurt that, um, that, uh, he, everybody was thinking, well, prison's better than our office. And so <laughs> Mike, I going to show you that, uh, that prison's not better. And so remember his, 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 um, alter ego was prison Mike. He put on a do-rag and he started talking, you know, like real tough and and he, they were like, prison Mike. You, "Prison Mike," you know, because Jim was like screwing with him. He said, "What'd you do, Prison Mike?" In prison, and he said, "I kidnapped the president's daughter, and I never got caught neither." And he and Mike and Jim goes, "But you're in prison, you know?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, was just, it was just great, man. I, I'll it. Steve Carell was born to play that part.
0: He is awesome. That whole show is awesome. And now, stupidly, just like you yeah, so asked, I, I, I didn't watch The Office when it was on. I oh, mean, when it was right. on regular network TV, I never – so I discovered it you know, later, and now I think it's like one of the top five funny shows ever. It, but no, I did not really watch Game awkward. of Thrones.
1: It, it really does.
0: I assume you watch Game of Thrones, you and Nick Saban? You, uh, yeah, you and Nick? I did.
1: In the finale, you want to talk about a group of people that just said – it, we're mailing it in. They're watching anyway, and that's what they did. the The last episode was so bad. The last episode of Seinfeld called and said that was shitty, y'all. Y'all didn't. <laughs> I mean, it was so bad. And they. I mean, you know, two weeks ago they had a Starbucks cup in one of the scenes, and yeah. this week they had a water bottle. <laughs> I,
0: mean, I just saw. I just saw somebody on Twitter say, "Uh, Game of Thrones played out like." a parent who enthusiastically started telling a bedtime story yeah. <laughs> and then just, just at the very end got tired at the very end, just gets tired and just, just finishes it.
1: Well, and, you know, uh, it rem- a it, like a, That's a good point. It reminded me, we used to have a um, sort of a grown man's fraternity here called the lunch bunch. And there was a guy that didn't talk much, but whenever he did talk, everybody listened to him because he, you know, he's like, you're not talking What the hell. So he was telling us a story about his dad. And he said, you know, my dad, um, he was pretty impactful in my life and uh, meant a lot. And, he, you know, he went down like for about two minutes, went down like a series of accomplishments. That, you know, five star general, uh, mayor of our town. Um, he helped uh, he helped write the Magna Carta. I mean, just a bunch of shit, you know, and um <laughs> then he got to i mean he kind of you could tell he was getting lost in the story it was a good story we were all sort of captivated by it we were all kind of looking at him and and he sort of and he was talking about his dad had just passed away and he said you know and so when he passed away it it really affected me and i remember i remember that day very very well in in atlanta and he looked up and he noticed that all of us had like had our ears bent listening to him and it and i don't know if it made him nervous or he just was like it brought him out of the moment he said but you know he was hot, so we buried him and I left. I mean, and we were. Oh, man, that's not the, ending. That's <laughs> the <end. laughs> You know that's. Yeah. Did he become the night king? I mean, uh. it had to happen. Um, uh,
0: you know, and but that's, that's how the, Game of Thrones ended. So that's how Game of Thrones ended. That, that is, like but, and
1: I got another story like that. This is no shit. This this is one of the, my oldest son. Um, you know he's very peculiar. He has Asperger's, which isn't that huge of a deal. It's a deal. It's on the autism spectrum, but it's not a big deal. He's fine. Everything's fine. He's a good kid. Makes all A's. Whatever. But um, he uh, when he was younger, he was very peculiar in his own right. Like you know, if the buzzer at the basketball game would send him into a panic, that's how he learned to count backwards because he was about four years old playing basketball, and when the when the clock hit one minute he would stop playing basketball for his team and look up at the clock as it counted down. And he, and he, he would already put his fingers in his ears. Like he didn't make a shit. If he had the ball, it didn't, you know, if he's playing defense, he just quit playing. Um, but, um, one time we were with another friend of mine who had three young boys. And and so my son was there and we were all talking and, and the other boys were like telling stories. It was near Halloween. And so we were all telling ghost stories, trying to, you know, scare everybody. And my son said, I have one. And we said, Oh wow, okay. All right, let's let's hear it. He said, So one night, this the the six of us go into this very, or five of us, I guess. however many were there. Five of us go into this very scary house. There was, you know, there's old dead ivy growing on the house, and there was creaking that and two people had been had been killed in the house, and it was very scary. And we walk in, and it's sort of the same situation. He looks up and notices like we're in, oh my God, this is a pretty damn scary story. And He said, "So we walked straight up to the door, and we opened the door, and nobody was there. So it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> and we were like, Holy <laughs> come on!'" <laughs> and, so uh, this
0: it, is what Game of Thrones is. This, I don't that, feel like-
1: that was how Game of Thrones was. It was it draw it drew me in. It drew me in for the bosoms. I'm going to tell you in the sex. I mean, that, I'm not. Gonna, I mean, I like dragons. I like boobs. I mean, so I, got, I naturally gravitated right to this story. Did but the, then, dragons the, dragon the, uh, was, did the dragons have sex with the the dragons have sex. Oh yeah, there's there's some hot dragon three-way action on this mother.
0: Um Okay, well I am watching it. I am watching it though. I was just I was just saying I'm not watching it based on this review. I'm not sure I'm, I feel like I've missed anything, but if, if, if You will
1: go back and watch season,
0: there's season
1: 7, you'll be you'll be completely satisfied. But when you see how the Night King dies, which is very abrupt and sort of hey, he's you can't you can't kill him like that. He's He's too good. Like he would see that coming. Um,
0: so it's the was it's the whole show, a bunch of girls sitting around asking Amelia Clark. So was he, you know, UAB blazer dragon, or was it like puff the magic dragon?
1: You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, Amelia was, um, was it like that.
1: Um you know, yeah. So, I mean, they, they you know, it was the, some cool stories all the way around and the imagination. And it was so vivid and, the, and just all, they brought it all to life. But then this, this last season, man, and i I was one of the last hangers on I was like let's just give it till the finale and then a the finale comes around it really was like uh, thirty minutes of it was like a cNN roundtable of people sitting around talking about okay now what are we gonna do let's figure out who's gonna lead us and i and I'm like this is really what they do on the five at Fox every afternoon Wow why, why am I watching this so um
0: do you see the stat back to football do you see the stat that because uh, Game of Thrones I mean uh, obviously we're Twitter fanatics and I just stay on Twitter and and dirt well let me tell you when that Game of Thrones finale was on I mean, mean a- every other tweet was this or that about Game of Thrones and and I, I find that intriguing even though I don't watch the show I, f- I feel like I do because I read the tweets and uh so it seemed to me on Twitter that everyone on the planet Earth watched it and then I, I read that th- in fact 13 million Americans watched the Game of Thrones finale. And that sounds like a pretty big crowd. But if the Game of Thrones was an NFL game, it was the 71st most watched NFL game from this past season. So 70 NFL games had higher ratings and bigger audiences than that final Game of Thrones, which is it boggles my mind because gosh, it seemed like I was the only American not watching Game of Thrones and, That just goes to show how how much the NFL just rules the world, and that it is in fact Roger Goodell that sits on that the Iron Throne at the end. Because man, the NFL just dwarfs everything else, doesn't it?
1: Oh, it's unbelievable. And you know, um, there's been a big thing like Clay Travis has gotten on this kick about proving that the NFL is more popular than NBA, which I think is sort of like saying, "I'm going to prove to you." that my desk weighs more than this paperclip. I mean, it seems so obvious, but... um, what, what does he use to support? Well, because there are some NBA folks that tweet him all the time and say, oh, you know, NBA's, what do you think now? The NBA's kicking ass. And he's like, well, first of all, the Toronto-Milwaukee game from two nights ago was down 50% from the same series uh, last year. So that's number one. And they were like, yeah, but, you know, this many million people watched me he goes that that is, would be considered one of the worst viewed NFL games of all time. That's
0: right. That's right. Yeah. I know an NF, an NFL regular season game gets like three times the viewership of a major league baseball world series game. I mean, that's just a fact, and It's it's fine. It's fine. I mean, we're college football fans first and foremost here. I love the NFL myself, but, but I prefer the college game and college football, but, uh, there's no doubt about what rules uh, what rules the ratings world, and that's the NFL. But
1: yeah. speaking uh, of yeah, Ruben Foster going down with a torn ACL, uh, how, how crappy is that? I mean, uh, this guy this has guy, been through the ringer, man. What, what he has had an extremely colorful NFL
0: career that has had nothing to do with football. I mean, he's been a good player when he's played, no doubt. But between the 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 domestic violence stuff that ends up getting dismissed twice. And now this injury, and going to the Redskins, and joining all his Alabama buddies, only to be hurt. Oh gosh. Wow. Oh.
1: You know, and you're right though. Is on the field he's been pretty good, but off the field, you know, he's got this. This shady girlfriend that is that is accusing him and then recanting and then recusing him again and then recanting again. He's got more guns than John Wick in San Francisco. Um, he's and then he goes to what is arguably the most controversial franchise in the NFL because of their their uh, mascot and nickname. And he goes there and he joins you know all his Alabama teammates and on the third play uh, of scrimmage. Of a uh, practice, he goes down with an ACL. What are the odds, man?
0: It's sad, sad. Hopefully, hopefully, let's hope he just gets somehow a new start Somewhere about a year from now, is healthy and and good off the field. And I'm wishing the best for him. Every you know, one thing, Ruben, We all hear stories. We all hear stories, and clearly had an extremely difficult upbringing, and clearly has some behavioral issues. I, I bet he would admit that. Um, but, but. Uh, people that know Ruben love him. The people that know him love him. And I don't know that we've ever had a player on the team at Alabama who influenced his teammates more than Ruben. Uh, I, I, I would I would put Ruben on the short list of the most beloved Alabama player by the other Alabama players uh, in, in, in my time as a fan. So, uh, so i root for him, and, and hopefully he can get healthy.
1: No, I agree. It's, it does suck, though. I just hate it for him. Um, Anything else you want to throw out there? Baseball season's over, but I I do have faith in his staff, but, uh, you know. It, We're getting
0: better, but you know what? He needs to win next year. Now, I'm not saying yeah. he needs to win or he's going to get fired, but I'm just saying you're in year three and baseball. It, you can rebuild faster in baseball than you can in the other sports because there's so much, you know, uh, moving around from one team to another. Uh, I, I, we, Alabama baseball needs to win next year. And I'm not saying they need to win 40 games or be a top seed in the NCAA tournament. Uh, but I think getting in, get to Hoover next year, get to Hoover, get to Hoover next year and, 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 show some progress in terms of the wins and losses. And I have a ton of confidence that Alabama's headed in that direction. We were clearly a better team. I know some people will just go look at the record, look at the record we were clearly a better team than we were a year ago, and uh, yeah. So and I I like I like Coach Bo. So hopefully hopefully that goes well. Softball team as usual is doing great. I, I would say they're doing better than great actually. I mean th- th- this is we're always good. The team's always good, but I think this team has a chance to make it to the World Series and do well. Uh, that's how good they are.
1: If Alabama loses to Texas game, or excuse me, if Texas loses to Alabama game one. You have my permission to tweet out, but if Colt hadn't gotten hurt. <laughs> oh, and that game didn't, didn't first pitch until like eight o'clock. So it's, it's the crazy. crazy it's it's like, I'll be awake.
0: It's like our softball is pack 12 after dark.
1: Yeah. Um, our softball
0: game is starting later than a Washington State-Oregon State game <laughs> on ESPN2. It That is crazy. You get more viewers. I talked to my sweet mother actually uh, this morning and she she watches all things Alabama. And she asked me, uh, you know, my mom, I, she's in her early seventies now. And, and she, so she doesn't, she's not exactly a night owl. And she asked me this morning, she's like, is there a start time for that Alabama softball game Thursday? And I'm like, yeah, it starts at eight o'clock. And her, her response is like, Oh, Oh Lord. meaning <laughs> <laughs> mean, and she's like, she's going to look forward to it all day and then, then be able to you know, make it through like one inning
1: she's already yeah. dreading it I mean that's
0: she's already dreading that she's gonna have to get into it and then fall asleep in the second inning and you know but that's that's the start times TV dictates everything uh, it's, it's, it's a joke that has been told for a hundred years now but basically TV calls the president's mansion and says we want to put your game on TV and he says what time and they say three and he goes great a.m or p.m yeah I mean but that's that's how it works
1: yeah that is how it works and I'm fine you know if you're softball and you're trying to get all the exposure you can I mean go for it so.
0: Yep. Yeah. and But softball team's good. I think they'll beat Texas, but Texas is very, very good. I mean, this is a good Texas team. This isn't just Texas because they have a big name. When you think about that giant state of, you know, Texas dr- gets to draw into every good softball player in the state of Texas. Do you know how many good softball players there has to be when you combine Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio, which are three of the 10 biggest Austin. cities in the United States? Yeah. It's three of the 10 biggest cities in the United States. There are more people that live in Dallas than live in Alabama. There's more people that live in Houston than live in Alabama. There's more people that live in San Antonio than live in Alabama. So how are our girls going to compete with this? But you know what? They're going to beat them. That's how they're going to compete with it. I I agree. It is amazing. But, yeah, softball team's great. I love uh, Bama Montana. She can bring it, man.
1: She is. Did you give her a moniker?
0: I don't think I did. Uh, but I noticed the other day that I use it more than anybody else and people retweet it. Like it's hilarious. Like it's the first time they heard it. And I'm like, I don't think, I, I don't even think I made yeah, that up.
1: Yeah. And, and by the way, when you say something like, I don't think I did, you clearly don't, know you did. Yeah. Like saying, <laughs> somebody says, do you have a 12 inch penis? I don't think I do. I don't remember having. I, mean, when I, study, I think I read it. In I fact, I clearly it. remember being able to pull on my speedos quite efficiently and quickly.
0: I think I was one of the first to say Alabama, Montana, and then someone else might have said Bama, Montana. I'm like, that's so much better than what I said. I think that's what happened. That's so much better than what I said. I said Alabama, Montana. You came up with Alabama
1: like, Montana. and that, didn't I, came, I came up with half of the
0: decent joke, and then someone else says Bama, Montana. I'm like, now that's funny. That's better. But yeah. Speaking of Hannah Montana, I'm going to the Ariana Grande concert this Saturday. Oh,
1: are you ready?
0: You, oh, this is the highlight of my summer right here, pal.
1: I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> if Pete Davidson had a shot with her, you do too.
0: <laughs> I'll carefully pick out my. I will try, uh, in Pete Davidson's style, I'm going to go to the concert and try to be unfunny. <laughs> maybe that'll. I am going to
1: say, like, his whole character on SNL is him being him, talking mm-hmm. about him. And it's just not funny. I, I don't think he's that great.
0: I've seen him funny, but he's not consistently funny. He he was good the first time I, or first time or two I saw him. He's on the Comedy Central roast, and he was very good on on that. He, he he was very funny. Uh, but I'm not knocked out by Pete Davidson other than how he scores Ari and then and then Kate I Beckinsale. Beckinsale. What the hell, man?
1: I mean, you were talking about a hell of a rebound. None of my rebounds ever look like that.
0: <laughs> you know what I think it is? It's that Seinfeld episode. Once you have the one super hot girlfriend, yeah, it's like it's like a badge, and now yeah. you can have all the super hot girlfriends. that's it's the badge. It's kind of like, well, you know, he dates super hot chicks, so all the super hot or, chicks. Or the whole it.
1: thing where they had where if you you know if you've been engaged and broke it off, you're not afraid of commitment. You know, it's it's helpful. It's working your favor. Um it's, it's it's smart, it's a good play. The problem is getting that first one. It's sort of like, you know, when you get yeah. a cold streak, you gotta hit that first one to to break out of it. But it's tough to break out of that cold one sometimes.
0: He did say something very funny, uh, when he was when he was with Ariana, he was on like the Jimmy Fallon show or something. And him and Ari had just become like public. And uh, Fallon or somebody <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a real moment that's not made for TV, you could tell there's like a real moment. Fallon like, looks at him and says, you, Ariana Grande is your girlfriend? Yeah. And Pete Davidson said, yeah, I mean, sometimes it feels like I just won a contest. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh boy, that was that was half funny and half
1: like totally honest. Yeah, there's no question. He's like, or or she, you know, it was some kind of community service she had to do. I mean, it was something. <laughs>
0: I'm dating. People. Is it Oh you my gosh, get trouble? Trouble? Donut. Yeah, it's the donut punishment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, anything else you got for us today?
0: Uh, just looking forward to commitment. Let's let's hope uh, Reggie Grimes the second Christian Story, Kendall Milton, and Bryce Young are all next. Let's do Sorry, that.
1: Do you predict any of them quickly? Mm,
0: I think Reggie Grimes could pop this summer. That'd be I think Reggie Grimes and Christian Story would be summer commitments, and I and I joke about those four because they're basically all five stars. Uh, I, I joke, but I expect today on any any projection I would make about who Alabama's going to sign, I would include all four of those guys. I agree with you. Okay. All
1: right, buddy, roll Tide,
0: roll Tide.